What's up, world? Good morning from the Mojave Desert of Southern California. This is Cruelty-Free Conversations, and I'm your host, Indigo Mateo. This is episode number four, and it's going to be another good one. I'm excited for it, as I say, every episode, uh, all four so far. (laughs) I know ones you will see coming up in the future. I'll always be excited. Uh, It is a beautiful morning here in the high desert. Hopefully it's beautiful wherever you are listening. I know we've had some listeners in India, Malaysia. So shout out. Thank you very much to uh, you guys over there that are listening. Uh, Please help me spread this. I've been getting some nice feedback. uh, And the guests we got coming up, including the one with today, uh, just a lot of of valuable uh, things they have to say, things you might find insightful or may resonate deeply with you. Um, so I'm trying to bring in guests like that, and today uh, today we have a great guest. Uh, he's a vegan WNBF pro, team clean machine athlete, public speaker, transformational coach, soon-to-be author. He's got a new project. He's got out as a web TV series called Two Black Authors that he's going to be talking about, and uh, Eternal Monk is our guest. Just a great, great person, human being with a very inspiring story. Uh, It's just, I I never get tired of hearing it Uh, every time I hear it, just like the first time. And there's just so much good stuff in there that I think people, if you're looking for some changes in your life, I know right now people are adapting and looking for ways to just uh, change with the times. And change with the times, a lot of time, most of the time, means changing yourself within and figuring out how to adapt. So he drops so much information that you know, just overcoming certain struggles and uh, being your own worst enemy and uh, your environment and just so much that you could take from listening to Eternal Monk. And I first met him last year. It feels like I've met him or known him a lot longer. Met him last year working the vegan festivals. Uh, First worked with him in San Bernardino uh, about a year and a half ago. Uh, We were both speaking on that festival and that's where I first heard him tell a story and was like whoa you know this and he's uh you know being a team clean machine athlete uh WNBF pro you know he's definitely a good representation of a masculinity which within the vegan scene and lifestyle because uh, of course that always gets a little bit of a bad rap there uh you know vegans and masculinity so uh he definitely is someone that you can uh there's a role model in terms of that, uh, fitness and uh, physicality. So um, just a very, very inspiring guy in numerous ways. And uh, so we're going to be talking with him and it's going to be broken up into a couple segments because uh, we got into a lot of talking and he's just a uh, really good dude, really good guy. And he's got a lot going on. So make sure you find his pages. He's just trying to put out lots of good energy and positivity for the planet. And that's why I had to have him on his uh, initial episodes here uh, to drop some of that story of his for you guys. And uh, the meditation too, that's something I want to mention. You know, he his life changed really through meditation. I'm always preaching to people how powerful meditation is, but it's tricky. Uh, it's just like going to the gym. You have to just keep doing it. So if you're looking for more information on meditation or just want you know, hear more about it, Listen to this interview with Monk because he he tapped, uh, taps into that story about how meditation helped him with his internal struggles and healing generational trauma, amongst other things and habits. So 
definitely give this interview a listen. Uh, this first segment's only going to be about 36 minutes, so a nice, solid, uh, just a little over half hour, not too long. You take it all in, and then I'll be releasing the other segment either later today or tomorrow and then this friday we also got another episode coming up danielle durak uh, excited for that episode as well see excited for them all <laughs> uh that is going to be yeah, this friday she's singer songwriter musician out of phoenix arizona i've worked uh, with her last couple years out at the scottsdale vegetarian festival she was singing and i was blown away the first year i heard her <laughs> heard that voice and i was like whoa so uh, became a big fan of her music and what she's doing create, uh, creatively. So that will be Friday. She drops uh, a lot of good information about being an artist during this weird time of COVID and uh, having to adapt. The word again, adapt. She's doing a lot of live streaming shows from her bedroom and uh, just rolling with the time. So again, lots of good guests coming up. But today's guest is Eternal Monk. Going to hit you with that quick little break and we're going to get right to the interview. I don't want to take up too much time with his interview because uh he's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of good stuff being said within the conversation so we'll just get right to it no screwing around be right back with this interview with eternal monk from oakland california All right. We're with our guest today. I'm excited. We were having some conversation yesterday over the phone and we've you know, got some more topics going. So I'm looking forward to this today. You guys are in for a really good vibe and lots of good information. Today's guest is a vegan WNBF pro, team clean machine athlete, a transformational coach, a public speaker, and he has a brand new project out we'll be talking a lot about today. It's a web TV series called Two Black Authors. All the way from Oakland, a whole state away from me, or half a state away. Yeah. Eternal Monk, how you doing today? Hey, what's going on? I'm how you good. doing? I, I'm, I'm just happy to be here with you today, man. Hey, you know what? Likewise, man. It was uh, you were one of the first people I had to hit up for this project. Um, the, you know, you're doing different things, all positive. Uh, but go ahead and kind of give a breakdown of the the different things you're doing, including the new project. Yeah. Well, my book is not published yet, but it's in the process right now. I actually have a meeting today with the with the guy, uh, but it'll be out in December. And the two black authors came because, uh, I'll give you a little tiny story of how I got to that point. Um, I already had the book written, but I didn't know how I was gonna publish it. So I, I had this Insight Timer app that I use, and I usually use it as a timer, but this day I used it as a timer, then I also used a guided meditation. So we already had this conversation. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah, tell, yeah, tell yeah. the people. <laughs> so so, yeah. so I, I go to this app and I open it up. I say, I want to try a guided meditation. The first thing that caught my eye was there was a black guy, meditation instructor on there. And there's not that many on uh, meditation, guided meditations. If you, if, you, if, you know, if you have a guided meditation app, you know that's the truth. So I, I stopped. I said, what is he talking about? So whatever he was talking about, I was like, I like that topic. It was something about love or something like that. So then I, I listened to it and it was dope. So then I said, I'm going to follow him on this app. And I followed him on the app and it said he belonged to this Agape Spiritual Center. Now, if you're in LA area, you probably heard of this place, Michael Bernard Beckwith. So I hit him up on IG. I found him there and said, you know, Agape is my spot, blah, blah, blah. We exchanged information. And then we come to find out he was a published author already, introduced me to his publishing company. Now that's my publishing company. 
And from that, the publishing company sponsored this or, or, or back funded this web TV series that we got going on now, all within a month. Time. Man, that that's awesome to hear. Congratulations on that. And yeah. uh, like we kind of like you said, we were talking a little bit about it. And what I loved when you told me that was that just that organic process of almost like you know, the, you know God having your back there. You know, just yeah, like synchronicities, right? Yes, that little wink. You know, that little yeah, wink. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And like yeah. you told me, oh, go ahead. No, I also I was gonna say you know no bodybuilding this year because of what's going on so yeah. that's all shut down uh, but transformational coach yes it, that's kind of picked up and you know I, I do personal training as well um, I'm trying to move away a little bit away from that because I like to work on some some deeper things that people are dealing with I believe if you learn how to love yourself you're going to want to take care of yourself as well and that's your foundation I believe your spirit is your foundation so if you connect to spirit it's going to guide you in the way that you should go and you're going to have the best happiest healthiest life I, man, I love that i cannot agree more um and yes you know it's george foreman i told you watching a documentary last night and he said something that how once you start taking mind taking control of the mind and body it just connects that spirit you know it kind of naturally that trifecta and what you said about i want to mention something you just said about kind of moving away a little bit from the training be to go after more of the deeper reasons I totally get that because I have my all around Zen coaching. I've had my personal trainer's license, but years ago I had kind of that same realization where I was like, you know what? Personal training is just one link. The human body in person is a whole chain and the fitness is just one of those links. And here in the high desert where I live, it's not a place where people take care of themselves a lot. You know, vegans are rare up here. So it's, tough to kind of uh, push that. Yeah, it's a tough area for training. And that's what led me to thinking, you know, I need to go after more, the deeper reasons, the nutrition. I feel it all starts with nutrition. If you're not, as I'm sure you believe, if you're not getting those, the right nutrients in there, then you can't really make a lot of changes going forward, especially mentally. Uh, serotonin is synthesized, I believe, by vitamin B6 and zinc. It's two minerals mm -hmm. and serotonin is produced in the gut. So people don't realize, you know, it's your mental health starts with your, your oh, food. Absolutely. So I love what you're saying about going after those deeper reasons. And have you found that more rewarding and more successful? Yes, because it, it really gives you an opportunity to help people to change their entire lives, not just their physical self. So you and I both know that you can be look great, be in great physical health and still be depressed and miserable. Yes. Yes. It happens all the time. So I think a weak immune system. I think people tend to work backwards. Okay. They know they need to get in shape. So they start with that first. But what really is lacking is deeper than that. So they work backwards. And then they might even get in a little, you know, some decent shape, but still they still haven't healed the trauma. They still haven't healed the deeper issues. So they always fall off. I think that's why we stop when we try to quit drinking, we end up going back to drinking. I believe that's when we we try to be a good husband or a father, we fall off and back in the streets. I believe that because this part of yourself has not been healed and this is what where all the decisions uh, ultimately are made from this deeper place. Yes. So if you have not healed yourself, you're always going to slip back. I don't care if you've been sober for 5 years. If that's not taken care of, you're just suppressing it for right now. 
it's yeah. Come back. Yeah, and because a lot of this is in our DNA. It's passed on. Yep, epigenetic. And, yeah, it's genetic. So, and you know, on that note, maybe like you touch on like, you know, I've heard you twice, you know, for people that don't know, don't know you and I met last year, San Bernardino, both worked a couple of vegan festivals and then Rancho Cucamonga. And both times you were there speaking about how you got to this point you are now. People might, you know, see you out there, you know, hey, he's vegan, look at the tattoo. <laughs> you know, they might not think you'd be, see the vegan tattoo across, you know, the lower neck. Mm. How, you know, kind of, and that story is always inspiring. You know, I've heard it twice and it's like the same time or maybe more actually. Um, but kind of give a glimpse of that, that story, how you're explaining, because what you were just saying about not healing that trauma, that's exactly what you did. You healed that. And you have a very unique story and, you know, kind of, if you can, give a little bit of a, a, a backstory to that. Yeah, well, you know, it's a, like the same old story, you know, just welfare kids, broke, father died when I was about three and a half, four, um, my mom had us in organized religion, and it was fear-based, and I grew up, you know, walking on eggshells, thinking if I did anything wrong, I was going to go to hell. But before that, when I was five years old, I was stealing already. I was already acting bad at that time, and then I realized what they were saying at church and I straightened up. Now but real I, quick, was that, did you have those kind of people around you too? Or was that just you doing your own? You know what? I, I really, well, I had a little running uh, partner. We used to go around and steal. With, I used to go steal with and do all that stuff. Yeah. So it was another little kid, maybe a couple of years older than me, but, uh, and then I straightened up, but I straightened up for the wrong reasons. Right. It was fear. Fear oh, got me okay. straight. Right. So if you're doing anything out of fear, no matter what it is, eventually that's going to, it's gonna that house car is gonna fall yeah. right so i got older as a, as a teenager and all these things they were telling me i couldn't do hormones started kicking in like oh it's it's i can't it's not cool for me to uh you know be with a girl right now you know what i'm saying because yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and i'm going crazy now i'm looking at every chick that walks by and i'm like <laughs> really so, so it puts, I was a, like, it puts a taboo on it Right. So, yeah, it makes it wrong. Yeah, right? you want it a little bit more. <laughs> and, you, and your hormone, you know, you're turning into a man. And this is, you know, just these natural urges. So finally, I was just to the point where I was like, I don't, if I'm going to go to hell, I'm going to go on my own terms. And I hit the streets. I was out there selling drugs. I was out there uh, being violent, you know, um, out there carrying guns, uh, relationships everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, was, yeah. I wasn't faithful. It was like when that when that dam broke, it just just everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. You know, no what I'm control from do yes from uh, holding this back for so long. You know, trying to be that perfect person. Yeah. So I can get accepted into heaven. When that broke, I seen hell. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it went exactly the opposite. I was in the streets. I turned into an alcoholic. Um, at 38, I started having these issues, uh, physical from the drinking. I started bleeding and that was my rock bottom. Cause I was already depressed. I was having, I have multiple kids by multiple women. Um, I, I didn't know where my life was going at the time. I felt like I had no purpose. And, and usually when you get around this age, I found out afterwards is where a lot of, uh, depression and things set in because you think you have it all figured out. Even if you had the white picket fence, even if you had the family, even if you, no matter what, you're going, now what? So right? yeah, yeah. You're, to the, you're to the point where like, is this it? So chase, I just write it out chase. like this, right? No matter what it is, even if you're successful, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But I was the opposite of that. 
don't get me wrong, I had cars, I had this, I had that. I wasn't broke, I wasn't living on the streets. I was a functioning alcoholic. And I thought it was just, oh, me partying with the, you know, my boys. And, but when you get to a point where it's like, you go out and party and then you get up and start at 11 a.m. and you party, go to the club and don't go to sleep till a.m. a.m. the next day and you do it back to back to back to back days, what is that called? Oh, you see what I'm saying? That's yeah. now solid. Yeah. No matter how you want to look at it. I'm, I'm not on the corner with a brown bag. I'm not that. But see, that's what people think uh, they think uh, determines whether you're an alcoholic or not, if you're functioning or not. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're not, well, even if you it, are, how much better can you be functioning? Exactly. You're holding back your potential. And so exactly. Yeah. So when this happened, I didn't know what to do. I, everything I tried was was not working. I even tried at one point to go back to the church. Oh wow! I was like, maybe I missed something. And I went in there, and when I went in there to this church, people just were not friendly. <laughs> just kind of looked at me like, what are you doing here? You know what I'm saying? Where'd you come from? It wasn't about, it wasn't no welcomes. It wasn't no. That's, that's the vegan scene sometimes. <laughs> right? I, 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 hey, you feel me? But it was the same thing. It was like no, no love at all. And I just left that place. I'm like, this is not it. This is not it. And so I went back to doing what I was doing. See, I, something was in me telling me like, like this whole street thing. And this, this is not it for you. You knew you needed something different. But, but I didn't know what. I yeah. didn't know what. So I went back to the church and it was like, man, that's not it either. What is it? So this thing, the universe has a, a way of uh, hitting you a little bit harder each time to try to wake you up. Yeah. <laughs> right? So it's going to be a light a cut. Punch. <laughs> man, I was catching uppercuts. <laughs> Followed by the left hook. Oh, shit. Right. I was in Miami when this happened. So when this bleeding thing started, I was in Miami getting ready to party for a whole week. The night before, I just found out that Ishiana was here, right, the night before. And it was almost like the next day this stuff started happening. And it was almost like Ishiana came to say, look, you have to be here for me. Yeah. And at that time, and this is when I really realized I was an alcoholic. So this happened, a scary thing happened. I even went to the hospital that the next morning. But after I got back home to the Bay Area, I say, okay, maybe I'm cool. And I kept doing it. And I kept having the same symptoms. And I couldn't stop. And then one day after a party, I was just like, this is it. It's either I do this or, or it's over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? This is not a game right now. So what are you going to do? Oh, reset button. <laughs> right, right. What do you want to do with your life? Right? And then somehow, meditation, I don't know how, it, I don't even remember how it crossed my mind. But I was probably just thinking, what, what else is there? And maybe it just showed up. But Maybe sublim subliminally somewhere. Right, somewhere, somehow it showed up. And then I looked it up, how to do it. And I just started sitting down. And from that day forward after that party, I stayed sober. Wow. But it was really hard. And it was really hard to sit with the things that were coming up. But I knew this is, it had to be done. And I had to stay sober. Now, I was still smoking cigarettes. I used to smoke cigarettes too. And I did that for a year into my meditation. Because once you stop doing something, you feel like you're missing, like a whole bunch is missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Your rhythm's so, off. Yeah, smoking and drinking. You're doing this with your hands. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you stop doing these things, and now you're just kind of sitting around like, what? What do I do with myself? And real quick, because I know you're going to get in one more part. Did you have, I'm curious how, when you made that decision, because this is always a, 
huge part. There's other people that might be suffering from this. What was that circle of influence like around you? Was it supportive? Were they like, especially in Oakland, you know, were they like, what, what, are, you, what are you doing? Like what? And look, there's nobody that was doing what I was doing. Yeah, yeah. You know, this was completely on my own. So I was, yeah, I was curvy. It was completely on my own all the way through the veganism part was all completely, I didn't know any vegans. I didn't know any vegetarians. I didn't know huh. any of that. I didn't know anybody that meditated. I didn't know any of that. I would go into the bathroom and my family will tell you, they'll be like, I'll be like, anybody need you to bath? I go and lock myself in the bathroom before <laughs> I used to meditate, right? Wow. To get my quiet, to get away from people. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. You know, later on, I realized meditation is not about quieting everything. It's about accepting what's there. So now I can meditate anywhere. Yeah, Where's, Russell Simmons said you should be able to uh, meditate with someone vacuuming in the room with you. <laughs> kind of funny story about that, right? So when okay. I was doing the bathroom thing, <laughs> I, listen, I was in the bathroom meditating, and it seemed like every time I went there, because the sink was outside of the bathroom, oh. like my wife would come there every single time I go in there and start clanking around, <laughs> like making noise. And I'm in there like, dang, man. She know I'm in here meditating. What's she at there? Banging brushes and stuff around for, right? And then one day I just got it. I'm like, this is part of it. Yes. This is part of accepting what's there. Yes. And right at that moment, everything changed. It wow. never mattered after that. Yeah. If she was there, if she wasn't, if someone has a TV on in the other room, if they don't, if there's planes, if there's someone pulling up in front of the house, it don't matter anymore. You're locked in. Yeah, I'm to the point where I'm accepting what is. And yeah. it doesn't change my uh, uh, emotional state. It doesn't change anything. It's just there. I mean, makes you realize how uptight we live on a normal basis, right? Absolutely. You, everything makes you angry. And the only, thing, the only time things can make you angry is if that anger is inside of you. Mm -hmm. So we like to deflect. We like to uh, project stuff onto other people, but actually it's coming from inside of us. Yeah. Beautiful. Now, with that, now when you hit that meditation point, kind of what started happening from there? So, oh, man. It started, I started to think different. I started to feel different. Uh, when I got like years into it, I started to feel compassion for people that I once never cared about, yeah. like homeless people or, you know what I'm saying? I was like, the empathy came out. Right. I wanted to help these people. I'm like, dang, I just wish it wasn't like this. I started feeling that type of way towards people. And I started to cultivate love for myself. Uh, I didn't know it at the time, but I started to love myself. Yeah. I started to love myself. You have to, man. They all, people, there's all types of people in relationships out there and they have, you kind of love yourself before you go into a relationship because you're going to depend too much on that per person emotionally. You know, a marriage certificate, that's, that's just kind of, you know, th that's not really anything. It's it not going to stop. That means nothing. Yeah. Means you could nothing. be laying your head next to someone for years and not know what's going on in that head of yours. It's yeah. When, when you love yourself, though, and you know this, then you're able to love everybody else. Yes. Even their flaws. Yes. Yeah. And, the, and the problem is when we, are searching for whatever we feel is missing, we don't realize there's nothing missing. We're just looking in the wrong direction. Yeah. You see, when it comes to money, sex, cars, women, uh, relationship after relationship, you're, you're, you're trying to blame every person that you've ever been involved with for your situation. <laughs> yeah, and, and people don't own up. You know, I keep, I've mentioned George Foreman documentary a couple of times. I'm kind of glad I watched it last night because you know, his transformation was beautiful. I don't know if you ever seen his story, you know. He no, I'm going to have to check it out now that you've yeah. been talking about it. it. That one was 2008. You would relate to a lot of it. You know, he had similar but different kind of awakenings. And, 
you know, uh, like I said, the mind body thing, but he, you know, he had epiphanies from beating people up, being this, you know, he was a uh, mugging people on the streets and, mm-hmm. you know, to when he was heavyweight champion, he was like, I was escorted, I was being escorted by cops. I was, right, right, I was right. running from him when I heard those lights and, um, but you know, it, it's beautiful. And that's what people don't realize how you always have that opportunity to, you know, change your mindset, your perspective. I mean, but you know, it's just, life we get beat up by it you know and it's, we're not living naturally we live under fluorescent lighting and cubicles and you know we're driving cars that have ac with freon blasting in our faces and we wonder why cancer is going crazy and you can go to am pm and look on the sign right above the coffee right it says it right there right there causes cancer and that's personally why i find it tough to donate to these causes you know mm-hmm. it's like we is the system is it's like the political system is all ruined so you know ultimately people have to realize you know it's veganism you know my dad you know 70 old school iron hand he's adapting a little bit more to uh, less meat and dairy but i've always told him what it comes down to is having that control if i get hit by a bus tomorrow they'll be like damn that dude got hit by a bus with healthy man like he was, he was <laughs> <laughs> my blood pressure when i go out or anything there's not gonna be any uh, right. my arteries and that's, you can't control so many things in this world. But the one thing you do is that food. You don't have to listen to science. Mm-hmm. You know, put that stuff, eat, listen to your body, see what you want. And not enough people. And that's the crazy thing about the quarantine. And we got everybody, wear your mask, wear your mask. Now you care about your health. What about these long lines at El Pollo Loco? Oh, man. Burger King lines and stuff out here are just off the chain right now. Right? And, and what happened to all the food you guys ordered from the store? You're not even using it. You're at the... But these people don't get it. You know, you're telling other people to worry about your health, but day after day, you're not even doing anything about it. And now you think a mask is going to stop it. And it may stop COVID, but something's going to get you for not taking care of yourself. And, you know, um, it's tough out here, you know, seeing it where I live, like I said, in this desert, it's always been like a trap town. And these people just, you know, every time they build something new, it's uh, everybody's stoked about the Chick-fil-A that just came. (laughs) You know, the, yeah. there's a big line with a new Krispy Kreme. Right, right. It's right. just, but you know, it's growing. It's definitely, have you seen any areas out there where you're surprised to see the growth in veganism? Um, the Bay Area is pretty progressive. We have, yeah. we have a lot of, we have a lot of places out here. Yeah. I mean, we have a lot of places out here and you don't have any excuse. You can, you know, a lot of people in, in, t- in smaller towns like, oh, there's nothing vegan. It's like, go to the grocery store, get some be- fruits and vegetables. That's vegan. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But, but the excuse is, uh, you can't have an excuse out here. It's just too no. much. And, you know, it just, and it, it, you know, it's funny because you, I don't know, did you play sports when you were younger at all? I mean, I know you were kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, I played everything, basketball, football. Yeah, and, and same here. You know, I was a, you know, three-year letterman on varsity, 140 pounds, you know, so I have that gauge. We both did. If you were a former athlete, it's funny when, you know, the, a lot of the people that debate us or ask us or say where you get to protein, they're not as healthy now at the moment. Plus, it's like, they don't realize, like, I had a sport, like I was telling you before this conversation, I had a sports dad from age I was five, you know, on up, everything was sports. So it's like, I know that meat and potato life. I know how fast, I tell my dad, like, take me out to the field right now, I'll beat my 40s, <laughs> you know? Right, like, right, right. We have a gauge and, and you're, I mean, you could throw it out there if you want after, I don't know, you know, the age, you know, at your age, nobody would see you and think you're that age. and. You know, it's people don't realize, man, we could really stop that clock, you know, with the antioxidants helping the cells. And it, it's amazing. But when people probably tell you the same thing, they're, ah, you can do it. It's like, 
man, I, I did it the other way. Do you think I was born like this? <laughs> but you know what? We got to understand this. And, I, and, and going back to, to meditation, I understand now why people do what they do. Because when we're born, when we're born, I believe we know everything that we need to know in, inside of us. And then that's, we're programmed, right? We are given a program. When just I just be nurtured. The matrix, and, and most parents have good intentions, but they're just passing you a program. You not only get programmed by your parents, then when you start to go to school, they program you too. And then, and, and, and then people that you might become friends with, they program you too. And then when you grow up, your, your parents are the first person to give you food. So that's your program as far, yeah, yeah. as far as what you eat. They're the first person to introduce you to religion. If they go to church, that's your program for religion. Matter of fact, there's nothing about you after you figure out who you are that's really you. So if I was to ask you, who are you? Most people start naming off their occupation. <laughs> They'll say their name. They'll say their ethnicity. Yeah. Look, everything that you didn't know when you was a kid is the stuff that you learned, that's not you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Whatever you learned, had to learn, is not you. That's your name, your religion. Your, that's essentially not you. And all so, this stuff is made up in a way anyway. There's it is. You, you're a program. Yeah. So that's how you can have someone that's racist really justify their racism. It's a program and it's a hard drive program. Yes. It's not something that's light. It's something that's been driven in there from the zero to seven. Uh, rich mindset, poor mindset. You well, know, they say from um, zero to seven, right? Was zero that, to seven is your program. Are you, uh, uh, dude, are we about to get into epigenetics? Yeah, zero to seven is your program, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. This, is, when you're, this is your hard drive right yeah. here. Right, so when I look back and I heard that zero to seven is your program, and I look back at my life from zero to seven, it was full of dysfunction, yes. brokenness, drug, alcohol addiction. That was my program. program. So as much as I didn't want to be that, I turned into that. So going back to meditation, what it did was it released that program. It started to fall away slowly. Like what I was. What I thought I was started to drop away. And I realized that the connection I had with everybody and every being on this planet was a connection that was much bigger than myself. And there was no separation. The separation yes. started to go. So even though I play the rules of society, right? I know what the truth is. And that's why you lost yourself because you played by the rules of society. Right, what I, you know, what, what, what can you do? I was born in the sixties. So in looking the way I look, well, what, what are my opportunities? What's, what's the ceiling for me? You see what I'm saying? There is yeah, no yeah. ceiling. But back then, there was a ceiling. Yeah, this yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is all you can do. This is what you are, right? You are poor, you're, you're poor, whatever, blah, blah, blah. This is what you are. This is as far as you can go with your life. This was my program. So, of course, when I get to a certain age, I'm like, well, this, these are my options. There's no options. Options is, are in, unlimited. Yes. So when I let go of that program, I started connecting to people at deeper levels and I started seeing them. I started seeing myself in the drug addict. I started seeing myself in the genius. I started seeing myself in every single person I had contact with. Nice. What was in me was what was in them. Yes. Yeah, saying? exactly. And it's that beautiful, man. That is, you know, and that's what I loved a lot about what you were explaining and that, uh, the two times I seen you speak, that just that natural organic, that natural disposition kind of like of humans. You know, I was telling my mom something the other day with these, my mom's Hispanic side. I was telling her with these statues and everything going on, 
we were duped by history. I was telling my mom, look, look, there's a lot of people mad about these statues, but they weren't heroes. These were people that were conquerors that came down. That, these people that did this did not have the natural disposition of a human being. You know, the average person does not have a conqueror and let's go take over. Like you have this small group of people in our history that lived by that and they made it heroic. But now people are waking up and with our natural dispositions and the info and be like, wait a minute, that's how we did it? Like, right. Like, and realizing, right. no, that's not like, but we got duped. Like, you know, like, like, how is that to be celebrated? How is that to be celebrated? Exactly. You, 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 there was a whole bunch of people already living, you know, millions of people and, you know, beautiful people and, and just living naturally, minding their business. And there's so much land, everyone is planted. I drove, I did the Albuquerque Veg Fest last year and I drove. 10 hours from SoCal to uh, Albuquerque. And I just, the same freeway runs through me there. So there's one freeway. And I'm looking around, man. I, I was mind blowing. It, it really put in perspective how big this place is. Even a way I still can't imagine. Cause I'm driving for 10 hours looking at land that's just Empty. unoccupied. You know, hasn't even been touched. And it makes you really think more like, there's, like you could have just come here and taken this land. Like this time they went after everyone, where, where everyone already was, you know? And it's like, like you said, there's nothing heroic, nothing to be celebrated about that. And people are finally waking up to that realness of it. You know, it's a big paradigm shift. Um, but yeah. yeah, I think right now, you're, you're absolutely right now in this moment in time, I believe we all chose to be here for one. And I know that sounds crazy. Yeah, but I, know, I believe you. We all chose to be here to, to, to help make this mm -hmm. shift, to shift into another uh, almost dimension, you know what I'm saying? Indigo, you're familiar with indigo children, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, that's <laughs> kicking down the doors, man. It's yeah. time to make a change. Yeah. Um, and you know, the 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 reason I'm even vegan though is my meditation as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't really mention that. Yeah. Yeah. The reason I had no idea what all this was about, but three years into my meditation, someone asked me if I was I was downtown in Jack London Square and was in Jack London Square in Oakland. I was eating at a, at a meat potato restaurant. It's kind of like the black bear, but it's called the buttercup, okay. right? So I'm eating, all I seen on the menu that I uh, that I looked good to me was uh, this uh, veggie omelet, Okay. right? No meat, no nothing. So usually when I get this type of thing, I'll put bake, I'll bake in, all that stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't, I'm not even feeling it. None of this meat stuff, I'm not feeling it. And, and the, uh, my friend goes, are you a vegetarian? And man, when I tell you, immediately I was like, yes. <laughs> Cause like in that moment, you just knew. Yeah, and I knew for real though, cause after I got out of there, I started Googling stuff like uh, bodybuilding, vegetarian, you know what I'm saying? I started Googling this stuff cause I knew like this is gone for whatever reason, it's gone. And then I also Googled what was the connection between meditation and uh, vegetarianism. And because I, this only thing I've been doing different for the three years and it was said, and it was so powerful. It basically said, you made a connection to all life and you don't want to do harm to any other beings. Yes. That was pretty much what Russell Simmons said that hit me in his book. Was, you know, like, yeah. And I was, like, whoa. I was like, whoa, because I already told you, I mentioned before that I was already feeling more compassion for the people. Yeah. And now it just went farther and it went to the animals. Everything. The whole planet. Right, right. It just starts moving out. It, the, you the, experienced that oneness you were talking about. You're, I'm part of this. If I heard this plan and I'm hurting myself. 
Yes. The love starts from, you start to love yourself here and it starts to spread outward. Yes. To everybody and everything. And other people try to find the love from the outward. They try to bring it in. Yes. They try to find someone to uh, fulfill them. Yeah. You can't find anybody to fulfill you. Nobody. You are whole and complete. You need nothing. All you need to do is access what's there already. Those, those superpowers, right? That's all you need to do. Turn in, turn within and connect to that. That's source. Yeah. That's God. That's the universe. It's all inside of you. Yeah. You anybody else to make you happy. I mean, perfect example is uh, 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 Nelson Mandela. Okay. Okay. How long did he get locked up for? Man, how long was it? 27 years or something. Yeah. But he was so tapped in that they had to rotate guards on him because the guards started liking him too much. Wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That light that he was carrying I never knew that. was just powerful. Like he affected everybody around him. Yeah, yeah. And then when he got out, guess what? You can see all his, all his teeth just smiling like nothing happened. And like people was, almost wanted him to be mad. Why aren't you mad? Why aren't right, you? Exactly. Why? Why carry that? Because know? he was connected. Yeah. And it didn't matter where he was. It yeah. didn't matter who was making noise in the other room. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Who was vacuuming, who was tinkering it, on the counter. Yeah. It didn't matter. <laughs> it didn't matter. Yeah. He was there. He could and have that, sat there for the rest of his life and still been content. And that was, you know, we were talking yesterday about the superpowers. He found his superpower. Like you mentioned yesterday, I completely agree, is everyone has their superpower, you know? And uh, we were talking about that, you know, I feel, you know, like I've always had a high level of confidence and ability to grind. Like I feel like, you know, out here in this desert when I haven't had vehicles, I've gone walk grocery shopping when it's, you know, 104 degrees again, you know, like I just always had, I felt like my superpower is always like nothing stops me. And when you hear anybody that's successful, it's like, you realize that's one of the biggest things you need to be able to keep going. Cause I mean, you're always going to hit snags. You're always going to have bumpings and, or, you know, bumps in the roads and nothing ever goes perfect. And, um, but what do you feel like? Do you feel like that's when you unlocked your superpowers? That's when you became like the super version of you? Yeah. Yeah. I started realizing that, uh, I was more than I thought I was. Yeah. So the confidence came. Right. Yeah. I was more than I thought I was. And it, and it wasn't, I didn't even tell you how I started speaking. That's a whole nother. No, story. no, I don't think you. Oh did. my God! Let me hear that. You. I mean, this is gonna be real quick. This no, was... no, hey man, I'm not. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> okay. So, so, 1986 was the last time I got in front of anybody to say anything where the attention was on me. Okay. Right. 1986. What high... was that? Out of curiosity, I'm wondering. I, I was in high school. Okay. So, I had to write a short little uh, sentence or two and okay. then read it in front of the class. So my insecurities through my programming were so big, like I was terrified for people to look at me. Gotcha. Right? I, 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 was, I was very low self-esteem. So the teacher said, if you don't go read that in front of the class, just like 50% of your grade, you're gonna fail this class. And I was like, man, I got up there, man, I was, my face was shaking, all kind of stuff. I was nervous. And then when that happened, night that was over i was like i'm never doing that again <laughs> I, was, I said i don't care what that's it i'm not doing that no more right fast forward 30 years right i'm about eight years into my meditation and or eight years sober as well right so my sober date was almost you know around the same time as my meditation date right so it was eight years uh clean and uh i said i need to make a video about this to help people 
So if someone needs to hear this, but I was so scared going back to 1986 that even on uh, uh, Facebook Live, I was like, they're gonna see me real time. And what if I look a certain way or, you know, I'm still scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm still with this fear about myself and insecurities and things like that. So I had to walk away from my house to the park to do this. I couldn't even do it in my own surroundings. <laughs> I'm like, I gotta do this. My heart was thumping so hard. And I sat down and I turned the camera on and I just started talking about being sober for eight years and what it's done for me and how I got there and stuff like that. So about 30 minutes later, I get an inbox uh, and from a woman in LA, uh, Teresa Jordan, I don't know if you okay. know who she is. Uh, her husband is the lead singer for War, Lonnie Jordan. Oh, okay, okay. Right? So you know War, the band, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So she hits me up and she says, you know, I love your energy. I, I would like you to come to my house in LA and speak and I'll pay you. I'm like, whoa. I said, immediately <laughs> before I can talk myself out of it, right? So I already made the first step with the Facebook Live. So before I can talk, talk myself out of it, I said, yes. I said, yes. And I said, I'll deal whatever, whatever comes later, right? Whatever nervousness or whatever feelings come up, I'll deal with that later. Deal with it then, yeah. I have to say yes right now because the universe is wanting me to yeah, say yes. Yeah. Right? Because it was, took a whole lot just to make this video. And now all of a sudden, I'm getting offered my first yeah. speaking engagement in money yeah, yeah. in LA at someone's house in the pool. That's about right. So, yeah. Right. So I'm just like, yes. So after that moment, people started asking me to talk. And it just kind of turned into what do I do. So stepping through that fear. Yes. Opened up all these doors. Starting to figure out who I, you know, realize who I really was and the insecurities starting to melt away. My old conditioning start to melt away. It it allows you to step into your superpower. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I wanted to tell you that. All right, so there you have it, part one with Eternal Monk. Very insightful and inspiring individual, as you can hear why through that last 30 something minutes right there. Uh, just very tuned in. Uh, to a higher frequency and what I love is that he loves to share that one of those people that evolves and is not stingy with how they uh, came about that evolution of course you can only tell people information and habits and secrets whatever you may call it but you got to put in the work and the man put in the work you know the hill trauma generational trauma is not easy it takes day after day of just discipline and, and wanting better or not succumbing to all the, the bad influences and negativity around us, the toxic environment and energies. It's really what Monk has done in his life is amazing. I uh, love this story. Again, never get tired of hearing it. And that's why I had to have him on this podcast to share it. And we still got more to talk about. Uh, there's going to be another, uh, uh, we got some, uh, maybe another 40 minutes or 30, another 30 something minutes going to, Kind of tweaking up some of that uh, uh, footage or recordings in there to give you guys a real good stuff. I like to get rid of the fat. Sometimes when we're talking, just uh, with these guests, there's some rambling, especially on my end, maybe. But um, some of it's really good conversation between us. But maybe it's stuff that you know, maybe you guys might not find too. Uh, uh, insightful for what you're looking for, whatever, you know, for this particular podcast. So try to cut things out, give you the really good stuff that you're looking to hear. So I've got to do a last few minute tweaks with part two and 
then we'll have that one out here really soon for you to enjoy as well. Um, again, please help me spread this, share it with your friends, whoever you may find uh, valuable, uh, who you think might find it valuable, and also um, just, you know, just positive energy I'm trying to get out there with um, these guests and other uh, elements of the show that will be coming out. So ultimately, you know, this is for us, it's for the people, just to have good community of energy. Uh, know that you're going to get guests on here that you could tune in and get something from it, not just entertainment. It's entertaining at the same time, but you're going to get more than just conversation and hearing people talk. It could be funny at times. It could be uh, very deep, but you're going to take stuff from it. Uh, and everybody takes different things from different people and different topics, but that's ultimately the aim of this podcast. So that's why I ask you to please help me share it because ultimately I know uh, what I'm trying to get done with it. And it's definitely not something that's just all about me. And, you know, uh, with these guests that are coming on, I definitely want them to get their stories out there, their name a bit, so um, they can spread their positivity and just put as much uh, good content out there for the planet because that's what, what we need more of right now. Everybody's fighting, everybody's divisive and uh, just at odds with each other. So, we need more positivity. I know I'm at least trying to bring it through this podcast. So if you could help me share it, it's much appreciated. Shoot me a message. You know, let me know if you do find it valuable. Um, I always like to chat it up with people who uh, write me or do share it. I'm always appreciative. Those things don't go unnoticed. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, for those who have shared it, um, or post shout out Jana, <laughs> uh, posting a po photo, watching it from a lake. That's so cool to see those kind of things and to know that you guys are out there enjoying it, uh, out there in nature enjoying it too is really cool to see. So this is just the beginning. Uh, I look forward to it growing and I appreciate anybody who helps make it grow. I'm figuring out some things to do for fans and listeners in an appreciative kind of way. So um, lots of plan with this, but little by little, roll it out step by step. So, have the next part with Monk out here real soon, either by today or tomorrow. Look out for that. I'll be posting. Uh, and give him a follow. Any of these guests, most of them are on Instagram, so the previous episodes as well. Uh, I've got them all tagged. So, if you do enjoy them, look them up. Uh, whether they're entertainers, speakers, whatever, you can continue just tapping in to whatever it is that you enjoyed about what they said. Thank you very much. So I uh, will see you back here soon with part two. Eternal Monk, I'm going to go get some things done here before it gets too hot in the desert. <laughs> All right, everybody. Enjoy your day. Stay safe out there and stay cool if you're in one of the hot areas like I am. All right. Bye, everyone.